It's Luke chapter 12. And we read the first few verses of that chapter. The Lord Jesus Christ is uh, speaking in the whole of Luke chapter 12. In fact, all the way up to chapter 13 and verse 9. Luke chapter 12, verse 1, it says, In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed in housetops. The Lord Jesus Christ has been dealing with the subject of hypocrisy. And uh, remember what uh, we have said so far. If you were to take a survey amongst the people here in the city of Casagrande or wherever else you will find people and you ask them why it is that they do not want to attend a church, uh, the most likely answer you are going to hear from them is the one we have been discussing so far. They will tell you that I don't want to come to church because it is full of hypocrites. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ in the days of his flesh on earth was very kind to the wayward. He was very patient with those who fell into sin. The Lord Jesus Christ had no kind words for hypocrites. And in chapter 11, towards the very end, we notice that the Lord Jesus Christ was using that all-important biblical word, war to you, Pharisees, and scribes. And he had three wars for the Pharisees, three wars for the scribes or the lawyers. And then in chapter 12, we are told there there's a, a big crowd, there's danger of people being trampled on, and the Lord Jesus Christ beginning to speak to the disciples, he gives them that warning. Beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And this morning, it is uh, my privilege once again to reiterate that warning from our Savior. Beware of the sin of hypocrisy. It's a sin that even though we might want to protest, is often far too common amongst people who attend church. Now, what I intend to do this morning is to demonstrate that 
there is hypocrisy amongst people who are in church. There's no better place to go to than to invite you to turn with me to Acts and chapter 4. Acts and chapter 4, and we shall read there what is happening in what we call the early church. Uh, if you begin reading from verse 34 of Acts and chapter 4, we are told there, there was not a needy person among them, that's among the Christians, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus, Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did, not, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who, who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately, she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And when the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. It's an interesting passage, Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5. Interesting because 
it reminds us that when God tells his people, beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, that he means every word of it. And that we are to take God at his word and be serious with it. Now, oftentimes I think that uh, it's difficult to appreciate what's going on here until you sort of understand exactly what sin Ananias and Sapphira committed. Now, again, before we speak about Ananias and Sapphira, the context really begins with this man called Joseph, who was surnamed or who was given that nickname Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement. Now, what basically happened here is that God is at work amongst his people. Remember, this is after Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon the apostles and upon the disciples, and the church is growing daily. Great things are happening in Jerusalem. And we are told there is that because the Holy Spirit is working amongst his people, that they were all committed to Christ. They were devoted to Christ. They loved the Lord Jesus Christ. They also loved one another. They loved the Lord Jesus Christ so much that they were willing to give everything that they had just to be able to meet the needs of other Christians. And we are told here that many of them, you know, uh, were owners of lands or houses. They sold those pieces of land. They sold their houses and they brought the proceeds to the apostles so that they would be able to distribute to the needs of the saints. That's why it says there that there was not a needy person among them. Why? Because God is working and his people have become generous. His people are giving because they love the Lord Jesus Christ. They want the church to expand, to grow, and to continue growing. This is indeed the plan of God. And then we are given a very specific example of Barnabas. And we are told that uh, he had this piece of land. And he sold that piece of land. And he brought all the money that he got from that cell and laid it at the apostles' feet. And obviously, because of his devotion to Christ, because of his commitment to Christ and to the church, Barnabas must have been a very encouraging man. That he, the apostles, were commending him, and everybody was obviously looking up to him because of his commitment, because of his devotion. 
and definitely he had a good reputation in the church. Now, it appears, therefore, that Ananias and Sapphira, for whatever reason, were craving that attention as well. That they could see Barnabas' heart with the apostles and the rest of the church. And, and, and what do they do? So they decide to go and sell the property that they had. Now this is where the sin comes in. So once they sold, they kept back some of the money. Again, there was nothing wrong with that. But then they came to the apostles and pretended that the money they were now putting at the feet of the apostles was in fact the entire purchased price. And obviously, the question is why did they do that? Uh, they did that because they wanted to be thought of the way people were thinking of Barnabas. They, they wanted to be people to commend them, to think that they are spiritual, that they, these are the good guys. The, the, the kind of attention perhaps that was being given to Barnabas is what they craved. They wanted to, be a, to be, appear more spiritual than they really were. They wanted to appear more devoted than they really were. They wanted to appear more godly than they actually were. In other words, they were more concerned with impressing people than they were impressing God. Somehow, in this environment in which God is working amongst his people, God is moving, the enemy filled their hearts, Peter says, to lie, to put in a show, to, to put on this mask, to, to deceive people that they were more committed, more godly, more spiritual than they were. Now, before I proceed, I want to ask you the question. Are you not guilty of having thought like that at one point yourself? And please don't say no, because I'm not prepared to hold a funeral. <laughs> you might just be surprised that the God we read in Acts chapter 4 and chapter 5 has not changed. That he looks at your heart. He looks at your motive rather than just what you are doing. And this was the issue. This putting on a show. This 
wearing a mask and pretending to be godly than they are. And good God put a stop to it immediately. Now perhaps you may have asked yourself the question, was Ananias and Sapphira converted? I thank God that we are not told either way. We are not told that they were not. We are not told that they were. But we are told they were part and parcel of the church. So we can assume they were professing believers. And everybody regarded them as Christians. They were part and parcel of the body. They were accepted by the apostles. And yet, in this instance, they want to impress human beings. They want to impress the apostles. They are craving the attention that they see is being given to people like Barnabas and they feel that you know they need that attention for whatever reason and they are willing to pretend they are willing to lie and God intervenes miraculously and puts stop to it. Ananias falls down dead. Now sometimes people feel, you know, it wasn't such a serious a serious sin. Why? Why did the Lord do this? because of the nature of hypocrisy. If he did not put a stop to it, the tendency of hypocrisy is to slowly but surely affect the entire door. Remember, that was the warning of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beware of that leaven. Once you put in just a little bit, it's going to infect or affect the entire door. And the entire door is going to rise because of the presence of yeast, because of leaven. And if God does not put a stop to it, this young, vibrant, growing church is in danger of being infected by hypocrisy. And that is why God puts a stop to it. Now, these were very extraordinary times. 
because I, I, I can't imagine if, if uh, we're having a service as I am preaching now that if you fall down and die, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to continue preaching. And then uh, three hours later, his wife comes, not aware that the, wife, the, the, the husband, not only is he dead, he's already been buried. She comes in, and Peter once again gives her an opportunity to come clean on the side of the truth, to renounce all under, underhanded ways, and to stand on the truth as it is in Christ. Was this the amount that you guys realized from the sale of your property? And without blinking an eye, she says, yes, that's the amount. And the apostle says, the feet of those who have already buried your husband are waiting. And Sapphira also falls down. And is buried. So this passage shows us that uh, not only is sin a serious thing before God, the specific sin of hypocrisy is something that God frowns upon. And if there's anything we learn from this particular passage, is that we must mean business with God as far as the sin of hypocrisy is concerned. This is not something we must cry for with. If we have been guilty of hypocrisy and we are still breathing, we must be grateful because God has been kind and merciful. Ananias was not given an opportunity to confess his sin. He fell down and died immediately without being given an opportunity. And the good news for you, if you are listening to me this morning, is that you do have gracious opportunity to make things right with God. If until this moment, as you attend church this morning, you have been coming here to impress me or to impress Chris or to impress other people, you have an occasion, you have an opportunity to make things right with God. Because God looks at your heart. But also notice that it's very important here that Peter, the apostle, is a man of integrity because he could have easily tried to cast a blind eye towards that. What does it matter if 
they told a little lie about this money. I mean, they're giving money to the church. The church needs money. So I'll leave that matter between them and God. I, I just hope they can resolve an issue like that. But they are bringing money into the church. Praise the Lord. He did not do that. Because the Lord Jesus Christ said, Beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And he took that word deadly serious. But God looks at the heart. He looks at the motive. He looks at the reason why we are doing something rather than just that we are doing something. And what grace we have received, beloved brothers and sisters, that you may have been guilty of the same attitude that we are reading about of Ananias and Sapphira, and you have been spared to take another breath. You have been spared to go home and sleep and wake up still in the land of the living. This passage gives us real pause and encourages, encourages us to examine our ways. Because God has not changed at all. It says of Sapphira, immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And in verse 11, great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who had these things. Once again, the fear of man and the fear of God. And here, God is seeking to impose himself on his people. That what really matters is the fear of God. If you have the fear of God, you are going to be set free from the fear of men. Without the fear of God, you are going to be living and doing things before men to impress them, to please them, to make them like you to make them praise you. The Lord Jesus Christ in what we call the Sermon on the Mount warns us, if we live like that, that's all we're going to get. That's the, all the reward you are going to get in this life and in the next. 
the praise of men. But what is very, very important, if you have the fear of God in your heart, a fear to reverence and love God, love your, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and to seek to live in his presence, living as though he was visible to you by the eye of faith. Remember what the Bible says about Moses, that when he came of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? He says he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God because he was looking for the reward from God, not from Now, if all, this was all that the Bible had to say about hypocrisy, it definitely would be helpful. But there is more that the Bible has to warn us about hypocrisy. Because here, what we are reading in Acts chapter 4 and in chapter 5, we find that by the grace of God, the Apostle Peter is a man who stands in the truth and he rebukes hypocrisy. We find Barnabas is a man who is walking in the spirit and he refuses to give in to that sin of hypocrisy. Unfortunately, if you turn with me to Acts, rather, to Galatians and chapter 2. In Galatians and chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. In fact, beginning at verse 11. We are told, this is a story about Peter. And uh, this is what happened in Antioch. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11, it says, But when Cephas, which is Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Now, the danger of the sin of hypocrisy 
it doesn't mean that if you have overcome it in one instance that it's going to melt away and now you're going to live a godly life all the way up to heaven. No. Unfortunately, this is what we find in the New Testament. As the Apostle Peter himself gave in to the fear of men when the circumcision party came. And he became guilty of the sin of hypocrisy. And the apostle tells us, even Barnabas was going to be led astray at this point. And once again, just like Peter addressed this particular situation publicly, the Apostle Paul addressed this matter publicly in the hearing of them all. He rebuked his fellow apostle and put the record straight. There's no room for hypocrisy in the church. There's no room for hypocrisy amongst the people of God. Paul spoke boldly. He spoke lovingly. But he was candid about the situation and called the apostle. He called Barnabas and all the other Christians who were there to come back from that kind of thinking and once again to live in the light of the free grace of God in Jesus Christ that's offered to both Jews and Gentiles. And so, my friends, again, I would like to warn you that this is a battle you and I are going to be waging for the rest of our time here on earth. Is the gospel true? Then yes, we must stand in the truth of the gospel and renounce all forms of hypocrisy. Elsewhere, this is what the Apostle Paul says. In Romans and chapter 12 and verse 9. It says, let love be genuine. Uh, depending on what version you have. 
There's a version that says, let your love be without hypocrisy. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. In other words, the Apostle Paul there is encouraging is don't pretend to love people. Love them genuinely. It is very easy to pretend to love somebody. It's very to smile at someone. Hello, brother. Hello, sister. And pretend to be happy. When in actual fact, the truth of the matter is that you hate that person. You can't stand that person. And there's no reason for you to continue to live like that. Because you're living as a hypocrite. What you need to do is tend to the Lord. And cry to him that he would transform you. And give you Genuine love for the people of God. Genuine affection for Christians. That you are not just pretending to love them. You genuinely love them. Love them with the love of Christ. Love them with the love of God. Even when you yourself fail. You can say to God, I have failed, but you can do it through me. By your spirit, work in me. Transform me. Make the Holy Spirit work in me that I might genuinely love God's people. There are many things we can say. But I will hurry to conclude by asking you a number of questions about hypocrisy in your life. First question is, are you creating an impression that you are a better person than you really are? Is there a tendency in you to put down others so that you might be more highly thought of? Are you a slave to the opinions of others? You are always craving to hear people say something that is praiseworthy about you. If you don't hear it, you are even depressed. Nobody praised you today. Are you living 
for Christ? Is Christ precious in your life? That's the only one who really matters and that's what really counts at the end of the day is that Jesus is pleased with what you are doing. When we meet you at church, are we meeting the real you? Or we are meeting somebody who has put on a mask? When you get home, you remove that mask, then you become really yourself. Are you for real? Have you truly been transformed by the power of the gospel that you have become a brand new creature and what we see in church is what you really are? Remember, the sin of hypocrisy is something we're going to have to grapple with all the days of our lives. And the answer to hypocrisy is to seek to be like Christ, to seek the power of God's spirit working in me, transforming me, is to seek to live as in the presence of God all the time, not in the presence of other human beings. Are you a hypocrite? God, by his grace, grant that by the working of his Holy Spirit, you might be the genuine article. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray together. A gracious and loving Father, we thank you that you have preserved your word for people like us. And we pray that the word we have heard this morning, may that word find room in our hearts. And may the Holy Spirit himself use that word to deal with people like us, that we might be completely transformed and live for Jesus, live for Christ, both now and forever. Hear us, we beseech thee, 